Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. Hey guys, welcome back to the Iron Self Podcast. It has been a hot minute. It has been a hot minute. I mean, I think the last episode we put out was the end of September. I was going to say January. January. It's been, <laughs> it's been, been an even long. longer time. <clears throat> no, we've uh, we, we've had a pretty busy spring here, or fall, I guess it is, not spring. Um, so we are super excited to get back into this. Yeah, we went through competition um, on stage for, I did bikini and figure, and Mike did bodybuilding and men's physique. So there was that. We've just, you know, it's one thing after the next. Uh, and, you know, I think it's probably best that we didn't record any podcasts um, at the after the end of September because, let's be honest, the old brain wasn't kicking as it normally does <laughs> while on prep brain. That's all good. But we are back now. We are back now. Woo-woo. We are here for episode 87. Oh, my goodness. Can't Sydney Crosby episode. <laughs> <Woo-woo-woo>. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking today five tips for building your results in 2023. Because let's be honest, it's... The end of December. Nobody's building results for the rest of 2022. Right by the time this this episode airs, it'll be the last week of December, and everybody's starting to look towards the future, right? Everybody's in that phase of, what is 2023 going to hold for me? What's my life going to look like in this next year? And everybody is getting really excited about the possibility of changes. So, so are we. (laughs) We like change. And I think what is the saying? Everybody says, like, 2023 is going to be my best year yet. Best year ever. Um, But, I mean, I also said that about 2022 and 2021. And nobody said that about 2020. (laughs) I was going to say, 2020, 2021 might have been washes, but that's okay. Because that's where we actually started this podcast. And that's where we got the, the opportunities to start bringing this information to everybody that listens. Without further ado, let's jump into our five tips for building results in 2023. So tip number one, and this could be really any year. It doesn't have to be 2023. Listen to this every year. These are long-term, <laughs> um, these are long-term, uh, oh my goodness, what's the word? <laughs> my brain is like stumbling. It's all good. This can be used. Tools, tools, it's a word. This can be used anytime. <laughs> so number one is going to definitely be consistency because without consistency, when we lack consistency, we're going to lack the results that come along with consistency. Um, dedication and consistency means that you are willing to put the work in. You're willing to put that time in time and time again, no matter what is showing up in our lives, right? Because again, this is, this is the perfect time of year to talk about this. It's currently Christmas season. Christmas, everything is happening, right? We're, we're seeing family. We're visiting friends that we might not normally see. We, we have all of these events and things to go to and all of the food and all of the drinks and everything around us. So if we are not very consistent during this time of the year, this, you know, I, I think the, the stat was most people, and it was something like 80% of adults, gained between 5 and 10 pounds throughout the Christmas season. Which is insane, right? That is a crazy amount. Because when you look at that... (laughs) No wonder why everybody wants to be in the gym in January. (laughs) Five to ten pounds is a big deal, right? Especially to put it on within a span of two weeks. Because we're eating and drinking all the things and we're not really looking after ourselves how we might do it the rest of the year. So consistency means maybe we're still doing our workouts. Maybe we're really still watching what we're eating. We're still enjoying ourselves. But we're being consistent with the things that help drive our success the most. I think a lot of people at this time of year can be consistently inconsistent. 
<laughs> um, you're consistent in one thing it's inconsistent. it's not even just at this time of year it's a lot of the time and we see this a lot with our clients where I am consistently inconsistent, meaning I can be, you know, 90 to 100% on track, whether that be with my nutrition, whether that be with my workouts, with what I say I'm going to do, whatever that is, I'm 90 to 100% on track. And then Five I'll, days of the week. Or not even, maybe I'm only, maybe that's, I think it's most of the time, but when you actually break it down, it's like two days of the week and then the other five days, you're really hitting like 30 to 40% or maybe you're hitting 50 to 60%. But what if, instead of being all in or mediocrely in what if you could just be mediocre all the time like you could be average 50 to 60 percent consistent all the time you would see much larger results because the people that are overly consistent are also overly inconsistent there isn't that middle ground so if you can find that middle ground and coast and i'm consistent i can get my three workouts in yeah i said i was going to do four or five but you know what i'm consistent i can do three um, I can be consistent with hitting protein for the day. I can make sure that I have something protein dense at each meal. I can make sure that I am including a variety of fruits and vegetables into my diet. Like those are consistency. Where the inconsistencies fall is when we don't do movement on a regular basis, where we're not consuming or we're over consuming carbohydrates and fats, or for a lot of people, it's just not consuming food. Like the amount of people that I meet and talk to that are terrified to eat because they don't want to gain weight or they just lose track of time and they don't eat or they don't make the time for themselves and that self-care to nourish their bodies. Um, those are all the things that help us to derail our train and to not find that consistency. So consistency is the biggest factor I feel to your success, regardless of what it is in, whether it's career, whether it's health and fitness, whether whatever it is, you have to be consistent. No, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I want to unbox what you said just a little bit there, because when you said it, it really struck a chord for me about, you know, finding that even if it's 50 to 60% and staying there and being consistent at that 50 to 60%. Um, because the reality is if we are, 50% compliant with everything we do, but we're doing that on a solid basis where it's like every day, day in, day out, we are hitting that 50, 60%. That's going to build success over time. Because again, if we are 50% committed every single day, <clears throat> day in and day out, and we stay there and we stay there and we stay there, that becomes our new normal. Mm -hmm. So now as we start to integrate new things into our lives, now we're, we're our baseline is already that 50 to 60%. We're already doing that. So now as we add a couple more things in, you might be at 70%. You don't even realize it because you're just so used to that 50. So this is where we start to look at... <clears throat> up-leveling. Up-leveling, right? Yeah. Stacking a few habits on top of your success already to create even more success. But it doesn't feel like more work because you've already put in the work. You've already found consistency at whatever that level might be. Maybe it means you're just walking three times a week. Maybe it means, like Kayla said, you're including protein and vegetables in all of your main meals throughout the day, right? If you do that every single day, you're going to start to see some changes. Your body's going to start to adapt to this, and we're going to start to feel our energy levels come up. Our mood is going to come up. We're, we're going we're gonna to get those endorphins from the movement, and we're going to feel better in our bodies because we're going to be feeding it better food, right? And we're going to be feeding it constantly. So... Like, like Kayla was saying, finding that what, whatever it works out to for you, even if we're just starting out, this is all a brand new journey and you're starting out at what you would consider like 20 to 30%, whatever you consider it. Because again, this is all perspective because 
your 20% might be somebody else's 70%, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's life is subjective as to where they are at in this journey. So again, being really careful with the words that we use when we say, oh, I've, uh, you know, I've, I'm, not, I'm not doing great at this. You're not doing great is probably somebody else's doing great. So keeping that in mind and giving yourself that little bit of a bolster, like, no, I'm actually working towards this. I am putting in the effort and then finding that consistency with it. I love it. Yes. So driving those consistency. <clears throat> and as a nice segue, one of the things that Mike mentioned, and we're going to talk about our number two tip is one thing at a time and building on that success. What am I willing to do? What can I do now to create that change? And that's kind of what Mike was talking about. Whatever that consistency is now, that becomes your baseline eventually because you get really good at that. Then we can build on top of that. So you becoming consistent, becoming very, very good and efficient at one thing and then build on top of that. I think that too often everybody changes everything all at once. And when we change everything all at once, it doesn't last very long because we, we aren't built like that. We go back into old habits, old behaviors, old routines. Even once we have started to change who we are and our outlook and all those things, it's really easy to fall back into those limiting <clears throat> patterns, those old thought patterns, because at one point in our life, they served us yeah. and they helped us stay safe. <clears throat> they helped us stay alive. It's comfort. Um, it's comfort, right? Like, I mean, who, when they're sick, doesn't want a bowl of chicken noodle soup and some saltine crackers? I mean... I can't eat it's gluten, but all I do, all I want is that, right? So it, it's just that comfort, that homey feeling. Like I grab for my licorice tea. I don't think I'll ever not love that tea. It's my favorite thing in the world when it comes to like that comfort feeling. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So when, when we're talking about, you know, creating small changes, right? One thing at a time. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, not even on a limb. I'm just going to tell you guys. I used to be the all or nothing, right? So when I started my fitness journey was right right around when I started to look at getting into fire college. And for me, it was like, now I got to work out seven days a week and I got to be running five days a week and I got to eat perfect and then I got to meditate and I got to do all of this stuff. It lasted about two weeks. And within two weeks, without exaggerating at all, I was burnt out. I was going to say burnt out. <laughs> I, I was trying to do so much new stuff but I was still committed to my old lifestyle, right? So when we are integrating changes into our life, you, you need to look at this as a lifestyle change. This is something that you are doing for yourself, for your good, for your life. So creating change means starting small, right? If we're not moving our bodies, start moving your body. It can be anything. You could stretch for 10 minutes a day. You could do a set of push-ups every morning when you get up. You could do whatever it means to create more movement in your day than you are doing now. More enjoyable movement <clears throat> is one of the words that I want to put in there. Is it needs to be enjoyable or you're not going to do it. If you dread the movement that you've set for, for yourself and you're like, oh, I hate doing this, you're not going to do it and you're not going to take action on it because it's that that fear mechanism that ability to go oh I don't feel I don't want to feel discomfort so I don't want to do it so when you are building that routine with the one thing for movement what is the movement you enjoy yeah. same thing when it comes to your food what is the food that you enjoy to eat okay so if you're like a chicken nugget and french fry kind of person and your one thing that you said that you want to do is build on your nutrition 
how can I find a healthier version of chicken nuggets and french fries? So sticking with that same flavor profile, but just, you know, slightly healthier. So maybe instead of buying the bag chicken nuggets and french fries, I still, I bake my own chicken nuggets and french fries or air fry them or whatever that might look like for you. And now, you know, over time, my taste buds begin to change. We know it takes about 14 days um, for your taste buds to adapt. So, okay, now I've got chicken nuggets and french fries. I've been really consistent with eating um, a healthier version of that. Now I'm going to add some broccoli to my plate. I haven't changed chicken nuggets and french fries. I've just added broccoli. And now, oh, do you know what? I'm going to decrease my serving of my french fries the next. So now I've got more broccoli than I have french fries. Now I'm not saying that you need to get rid of your french fries. I'm just saying maybe over time they switch to mashed potatoes or roasted potatoes. Like there is a progression from that versus I need to completely switch this entire meal mm -hmm. or I need to switch the way I'm doing everything completely because it is that lifestyle transformation. If it doesn't fit into your lifestyle or it doesn't work with your family, your family unit, whatever, it's not going to be lasting. It's not going to stick. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so true because there's so many clients that we've worked with throughout the years, you know, and they, they'll be like, it's fine for me because I can do my meals and be separate from my family. But what happens when my spouse comes home? What happens when we're having these family dinners and all I'm eating is salads? It's like, well, were you only eating salads before? No. So why are we just eating salads? Well, because the other stuff's bad. Who put a label on that? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's that's a whole nother podcast, labels on food. Um, <laughs> the difference between good food and bad food, like there isn't a difference, it's just food. Um, but we do, we label it, right? Like I can't, oh, the forbidden fruit, I yeah. can't have that donut or... The, the I, amount of people that see me eating and they're like, how can you eat that? You're a health professional. I'm like, because I'm eating ribs? Like, because they're delicious? I don't know, it's but high it's, protein? <laughs> it's moderation though too, right? Like I don't eat ribs every day. <laughs> yeah, like this is where, you know, these sometimes foods, like our chicken nuggets and french fries, I keep using that because our son is obsessed nuggies. with Nuggies. Nuggies. He loves his nuggies. Um, but I keep using that as, as a reference. But if you start to adapt that over time, you're going to see changes in your body you're going to change, see changes in your life yeah. um and it's not just sticking to that maybe your sometimes food is every friday we had chicken nuggets and french fries but the rest of the week we're eating more whole foods yeah. that's moderation that's life like life gets busy we can't expect ourselves to be a hundred percent whole foods all the time because this is the only way that it's, it's good for my body right how can i find that moderation nobody just changes that Right? What am I willing to do? What am I willing to change? We look at that even with exercise. I had a client that started with us and I'm not willing to work out in a gym. I don't want to. I was like, okay, well, what are you willing to do? Well, I'm willing to walk my dog. Perfect. We're going to start with walking your dog because it's enjoyable to you. You like doing that. And several months later, she says to me, she goes, oh, I've heard about this like yoga thing. Do you think I, I, that would be good for me? And I was like, I don't know. Would it be good for you? Are you? Do you want to try it? She was like, oh, yeah, I want to try it. And from yoga, we moved to Pilates because she brought it up. She says, have you heard about Pilates? I hear it's really similar to yoga. And from yoga and Pilates, we moved to strength training at home. She bought some bands, some light weights. Okay, well, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying this. I like seeing my muscles. I like feeling this. I couldn't imagine my life without this. Okay, this is uh, quite the progression. Like this, and we're and, talking. And now we're talking about a year and a half progression. And now she says to me the other day, she goes, "I want to go to the gym." Yes. 
And I'm like, what? <laughs> you want to go to the gym? Yeah, this from the one that didn't even want to walk yeah. to begin with. But this is progression. We worked with what she was willing to do. It took us a year and a half to get to that point. But that progression took place. And when I spoke to her recently, and um, she was talking about a Christmas party that she went to. And she says, there was nothing for me to eat. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes, it was all fried food and pizza. I said, I started laughing because I said to her, I was like, a year ago, you would have been like, which fried foods am I not allowed to touch? And (laughs) today you're like, I couldn't even imagine putting that in my body. So this is that mindset, that lifestyle shift. But again, it not happening overnight. This was a year and a half progression from give me all the things to there was nothing for me to eat. When the reality is, it's like, well, there was stuff to eat. It might just not have been the best option. And this wasn't my <clears throat> coaching saying, you have to do it this way. We worked with what she was willing to do and the changes that she wanted to make. Because when that change and that request for change comes from self-efficacy, like intrinsic. you want to do it, it's an intrinsic thing that you want to do, you start to redefine who you are. Um, we're going to talk more about this in number five today, but I just want you to get guys to kind of think about um, redefining who you are, and I'm going to leave you on that. We're going to move on to number three. Well, I do just want to say the, the one more little thing that I wanted to touch on <clears throat> is, is really what Kayla said at the start. I just want to reiterate, make it enjoyable. Whatever these small changes are, make them enjoyable. We've had clients that were on a weight loss journey with us. The one client that comes to mind, he didn't enjoy workouts. They weren't his favorite thing in the world. He would do them because he knew he was going to get the results that he wanted, but he didn't enjoy them. So in talking to him, I was like, well, what do you enjoy? And he's like, well, I, I used to play basketball, but I but I don't play basketball anymore because I'm so overweight. I'm like, the overweight isn't going to stop you from shooting a basketball. Go play ball. So he started playing basketball, ended up starting to play like three to four days a week with the guys at work, and now he's enjoying what he's doing, and because he's enjoying it, those stress hormones are lowered because, again, enjoying. Woo, happy, happy, right? So then the dopamine levels are up, the cortisol levels are down, happy hormones up, bad stress hormones down, and he sheds like 60 pounds of weight, like crazy, right? I love that segue. It's like you know what the next one is. What? <laughs> Number three is managing um, our stress. And I really dislike the word managing. I was <laughs> when, when we were talking about this podcast before, she was like, something to do with stress. And I was like, managing stress. And she's like, you don't manage stress. It's like, it's managing stress. Still. I don't want to be a manager of my stress. <laughs> and I think that that's why it's like so icky of a word for me. Um, but... Um, reintegrating your stress. Maybe that's a better way. Still managing stress. We all have stress. Good stress, stress, bad stress, all the stress. Right? Stress is in our life every day. When we wake up in the morning, maybe we're stressed because we woke up late. Right? How many many people in the room, everybody, has woken up late for work because you were busy snuggling and you're like, oh, it's so nice in here. Um, What about, like, just starting your day off, like, you stepped in something or your pants ripped or, you know, you got stuck in traffic, your car ran traffic. out of That's gas. That's a big one, right? You're sitting in traffic and you're beating on the wheel like, come on, I got to get to work. That's stress. Your body doesn't know the difference. Stress is stress to your body. At the very base level, stress is stress to your body. So cortisol levels go up. And when cortisol levels go up, what happens? A whole whack load of stuff, right? Cascade of events in there, our There's so much going on internally at that point. But the, the one that I want to focus on, because we're talking about change and we're talking about building results, is when cortisol levels are up, it makes it harder to gain muscle mass and it makes it 
harder to lose fat mass. It also makes it harder to focus. Yeah. It makes it harder to make rational choices, rational decisions. So one thing to note is when you're, and I love saying this to people, but when you're, um, <laughs> when you go through a stress response, the top two vertebrae in your spine go slightly out of alignment. And what happens is that they actually shunt blood away from the prefrontal cortex of your brain. So your rational thought area of your brain and into your amygdala and your hypothalamus because those, that is for your fight or flight response. Yeah. So now we are hypervigilant. We're very Bad aware. Bad shit's happening. We got to do something. And when you're stressed out, you're <clears throat> very aware of everything that's around you. Meaning like you're hyper focused on it like anything that might be coming at you because it's a survival mechanism, right? What is a threat? What is a potential threat in my environment? And then we completely flip our lid. I mean, I, th- I think I did it last night. Like there was, it was a compound of stress, 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 stress. And the people that you end up flipping your lid on nine times out of 10 are usually the people that are closest to you because you're comfortable, you're safe with them. And they're usually the ones that are around you on a regular basis, right? So when all of a sudden you flip that lid, you have to bring yourself back and start to go, okay, how can I calm myself down? When we stay in that uh, hypervigilant, stressed out state on a regular basis, our body begins to suffer. We don't rest as well. We don't um, we don't come out of that stress response. Um, aging, like we talk about, like age related disease. Why oh, you have so many wrinkles? Yeah, it's all the wrinkles. Like yeah, um, but age related diseases. Uh, we look at cancers. We look at all the other things that kind of can t- possibly start to accumulate in our body. Um, people start to suffer from tension headaches or um, body aches, um, miscellaneous body pains or ailments that spontaneously just come on without um, an actual mechanism. Yeah, and and again because we are talking. Tips to build results in 2023, fat likes to stay on us because when we are in a stress state, our body wants to store everything because it gets in this state where it's like, I don't know if we're going to get fed again. I need to protect my internal organs. So then we start to get that visceral fat and it's, it's just, it's not a good thing. So how do we begin to manage our stress? So she said it, manage yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, a lot of people look at meditation. Oh, I could meditate to manage my stress. Um, I have been, this is one of those things that I've been wanting to adapt into my lifestyle. I'm in that contemplation or that pre-contemplation phase. Like, I know meditation is good for me. I know I should do it. I know how to do it. I have all the tools to do it. But very rarely do I deploy it. Maybe once a week. And for me, once a week is like a huge improvement. So what is another way I can work on managing my stress? Well, I can be present in the moment with my breath. And for me, that's one of those things that I can adopt into my life. I take a couple moments, focus on that breath. Okay, start to come out of that stress response. Maybe it's doing some yoga. Maybe it's taking some time in nature for yourself. Grounding. Grounding into the earth. Like lots of people will um, misconstrue um, stress reduction with self-care and Self-care is important, but I don't feel that like reading a book and a bath and all these things are specific to just stress reduction. It can help. Yeah, they, they do go hand in hand, right? Self-care, um, as long as it isn't like going skydiving or something like that. But most self-care routines will have some effect to lowering your stress levels because 
reading a book is going to relax you unless it's like a thriller and you're like oh my god they're gonna die right but and again like taking a bath you're gonna feel relaxed when you're in that bath as long as you're again focusing on that breathing pattern um so so they do go hand in hand but i know what you're saying it's not one and the same by any means no and we do need to bring ourselves out of that stress response so sitting in front of the tv is not taking yourself out of that stress response scrolling social media is not taking you out of that stress response um you have to come out of that through breath through movement in the body um and like nature is probably one of the best things that you can do to help ground yourself if you're ready to make a change in your life step into the best version of you, check out our Iron Self Transformation Program. Find more info on our website, www.ironbodycoach.com. Another great one that you can do, again, in the moment, doesn't take long to do it, is like a, we, we call it a body scan. It's like a mini meditation where you're scanning, you just can sit there, focus on your breath for a minute, and then scan your body from head to toe all the way down, and just kind of focus on each area. It's like, okay, I'm focusing on my head or my face or my neck, whatever. And and you're like, okay, it's a, is it tensed? Is it relaxed? Well, we're going to relax it. We're going to just focus on breathing into that energy, right? So it's like taking literally head to toe, run through your entire body. Yep, my arms. Ooh, my arms are now relaxed, right? Shoulders. Yep, they're up here. Nope, we're letting them fall down. So again, going part by part and just making sure you physically tell yourself to relax that body part on the way down by the time you get to your toes you're like butter in your chair like ooh. now if you guys want a pre-recorded body scan i'm more than happy to send one to you just reach out to us so send us an email an email info at ironbodycoach.com or dm us on social media and i'm more than happy to send you a body scan it's five minutes just to kind of help you um, come out of that stress response because uh stress is a killer and if you want more information on how stress affects your body and your life uh check out dr robert sapolsky's uh portrait of a killer on youtube it's absolutely amazing and for all of my 90s friends um you'll definitely appreciate the you'll 90s the cinematography yeah it's great um the, the last thing i wanted to say about stress just quickly um a lot of people don't realize when they are in a stress response either because we're so used to being in it because we Again, with being plugged in all the time, having these beautiful little phones in our pockets all the time, it it does cause that stress response. Like the younger generation, especially like I work with so many younger clients that are like, oh, I didn't get as many likes on this post or people aren't viewing my TikToks. And it's like, that, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> sure, it might matter at, at some level, but it's not worth getting stressed over. So a very quick way to tell if your body is in a stressed or a relaxed state is to notice how you're breathing. Just being mindful of how we're breathing. If we're breathing through this puppy, if you got your mouth open, your your body senses that as a stress response because your body is trying to offload CO2, um, which is why we start breathing through our mouths. When we're breathing through our nose, we are in a parasympathetic state. We are in a non-stress state. So just taking a minute in our days to notice how we're breathing, right? And I do this too, because again, we run our business from home. The amount of times where I'm sitting there and I'm like emailing and doing all the stuff on the computers and I'm not paying attention. Then all of a sudden I'm very mindful of it. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been breathing through my mouth for the last 15 minutes. Like I'm, I'm just sitting here, <sighs> gotta get these emails out. <sighs> so so it, it's it's not... It's not just you, it's not just me, it's literally everybody. So just starting to pay attention to our breathing pattern. And when we find ourselves with mouth agap, ah, breathing, 
shut your mouth, breathe through your nose. Anxiety is also another indicator if you are in a stress response, if you're noticing that you're um, feeling really anxious, um, and flighty um that is another indicator that we are stressed um if you are um i'm going to call it hyper reactive meaning mm. like you you're just noticing everything it's just getting on your nerves uh that's another way of noticing that good okay number Four, um, is improving our sleep and our sleep quality. People underestimate sleep. So we, we are usually, um, reactive with sleep. Like, oh, I'll get to bed when I get to bed. Sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. Versus being proactive with our sleep. So sleep is one of those things that is really, really important to prioritize, uh, because our sleep is where we recover. It's where we, um, get rid of dead cells. It's where your brain grows. where we rejuvenate cells. It's where we get that neuroplasticity. Um, so sleep cannot be understated here yeah and and the reason we want to bring up sleep is because a lot of people wear sleep almost like a badge of honor like they're like oh i only got four hours of sleep the last six nights and and people almost say that like a like a proud moment right they're like yeah i could survive on two hours of sleep a night you could survive on whatever you can survive on but you're not gonna thrive on that right and we are talking about how to build results, how to build resiliency, how to become the best version of yourself in 2023. Mm -hmm. And this goes for every single age range. Okay. I work with young hockey players and they like to tell me how late they stayed up and then they're up early for their workout. And I'm like, okay, that's stupid. Like I I get it. You can stay up late. I can stay up late too, but I'm an old man. I like to go to bed. Um, And you should too, because when we start to get more quality sleep, the gains we get are going to be incredible. The, the amount of gains that get left on the table, and I'm just talking about strictly performance right now in this moment, the amount of gains that people leave on the table because they neglect their recovery and their sleep is insane. If, if I had known this when I was 19, 20 years old, I would be a freaking beast because I didn't take care of my sleep. I was the guy that slept four to five hours a night because I always had something to do. I had to be out at the next party. I had to be out with my friends. I had to go and do all the things. And I didn't prioritize my rest and recovery. Had I ever, you know, made that a priority at that age, it would have made the bodybuilding world that I'm in now so much easier because I would have had a much larger base to work on. Most of our fat loss takes place at night as well, um, in our sleep and at rest. Um, I have a I have a client right now who also. Um, came to me and was like not really sleeping very well, always going to sleep at like 11.30 or so each night, not being very rested, waking several times a night, um, often finding herself awake at 4.30 in the morning after going to bed only at 11.30 um, and having a really rough go with sleeping. So we started to look at creating a sleep log. What time are you going to bed? What time are you waking up? How are you feeling based on that amount of sleep? And we would um, increase or uh, decrease sleep depending on how she was feeling. And what we found is that if she was in bed by 10 p.m. she slept through the night without waking but if she goes to bed at 10 30 or 11 there is no sleeping through the night she's constantly waking up and so what we've had to do is we set an alarm at 9 30 hey it's time to get ready for bed regardless if she's in bed by 10 she's getting this wonderful restful sleep she's waking up rejuvenated in the morning Mm -hmm. but when she's not that difference of a half hour makes a huge difference for her and what she said is i can be maybe in my bed reading for that half hour from 10 to 10 30 but if i'm not 
physically in my bed by 10. I don't sleep through the night. I'm waking constantly. And so looking at that in your life, what time do you need to be in bed? They say, oh, the magic window is eight hours. You need eight hours of sleep. Everybody's different. I don't need eight hours of sleep. Hell, if I get eight hours of sleep, I am not going to be sleeping very well. And I think that's actually been my problem these last couple nights. I've been sleeping in, you know, um, and I just lack that motivation and that energy. But if I get seven and a half hours of sleep, I am golden. Seven, seven and a half, I'm doing really, really well. Six, I can survive, but I'm not thriving. Um, And eight, I'm definitely not thriving. I'm just very tired. She's sluggish. (laughs) Yeah. So so finding what sleep works for you, right? So again, everybody's amount of sleep that they need uh it it's actually based off your sleep cycles in in our sleep we go through all of our cycles with REM and uh your light stages of sleep everything all these different stages so where we fall asleep and when we wake up depending on which stage of our sleep we're in will depend on what that morning is going to look like so finding the amount of sleep that works best for your body you get to kind of be the scientist here so set an alarm maybe the first night you do it for seven hours and then kind of gauge how you feel in the morning. Next day, maybe do seven and a half. Next day, do eight. Kind of find that that fun place where you wake up and you actually feel rejuvenated. You feel like you did get that rest. Now, if you are one of the people in the world, like so many of us, that have a hard time falling asleep, right? My, my daughter is the best at this, the worst at this. Um, <laughs> the best, worst The best, worst asleep. at this. So she she really does struggle with falling asleep. So you know, employing tools to help you fall asleep, a bedtime routine, super important, right? So maybe it means every night you you brush your teeth at a certain time, you're going to read for a little bit, maybe you journal a little bit before you go to bed. Journaling, now... Like a mind dump. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. It's not like active journal, dear diary. Um, when we are talking about to aid in your sleep, to help you fall asleep, a lot of times when we, especially high performers and people that are very busy, entrepreneurs... Um, our minds are always going, right? We're always thinking about what needs to happen next because we run our own business because we do depend on our abilities to run us through our days. So the best way to say this is whatever you're thinking about at night when you're about to go to bed, simply writing it down. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It doesn't have to look pretty. But when we do that mind dump where we just throw it all on a piece of paper, it puts our mind at ease because it's not like we're going to forget it now. And now that you've seen yourself write this on the, as silly as it sounds, you've seen yourself write it out, your brain is at ease at this point because it's like, okay, we won't forget it. It's written down. So just, just a couple of ideas there. Yeah. Wonderful. I love it. And our daughter really thrives with sleep stories. Um, like a sleep meditation or a sleep story can be really, really um, helpful. So check those out because they're everywhere now. I mean, and there's, there's so many other ways that you can help yourself get to sleep. I mean, you, you can have a yeah, breathing, you could have a cup of tea before bed. You can do meditation before bed. Again, that body scan's a beautiful thing as we're falling asleep. A, you can read a really shitty book. <laughs> read a textbook <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm reading a book right now and i'm one of those people that once i start a book i want to read it straight through and i'm like reading it and i caught myself i was saying to make this morning i caught myself i think i nodded off three times on a 10 page chapter last night <laughs> i wasn't See, even I'm that the opposite tired. person if i start reading a book and it doesn't resonate that book is gone i don't i'm not gonna waste my time on it yeah. Okay, number, number five, five um, is self-talk in the language that we're using. And this is where I was alluding to redefining who we are. So on a base level, we have a definition of who we are, how we act. I'm a kind of person who I do this. I don't do this. If people were to define you and characteristics that define you, what would they say about you? Right. Even more important than what they would say about you. 
What do you say about What you? do you believe about yourself? Do you believe that you can do something? Whether you believe you can't do something? All of those kinds of things, the, um, the deep-rooted behaviors that we have are in relation to how we define ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you want to act differently, you need to define yourself differently, mm -hmm. right? Because when we start to act out of alignment with who we believe that we are, then what happens is that those it feels icky it feels sticky well, we, we feel just like don't we're lying do to it. ourselves yeah and when you're when you're lying to yourself then you lose that trust in yourself right and the, and the trusting relationship with yourself is a really important one there was there was a large part of my life where i didn't have that trusting relationship with myself because i was messed up with a lot of the wrong crowds so figuring that out and then learning that trust again with myself was huge for my development if i hadn't been able to do that i wouldn't have the life i do now so it isn't something that you're going to be stuck in for the rest of your life. You can change that internal environment, but you really need to start believing that you can change that and then starting to step into that new version. So I'm going to give you one of my things that <clears throat> has worked really recently for me. So I've always defined myself as I'm a person who loves sweets and I love baking and I love eating sweets. Um, and I really have a hard time saying no to sweets because I love them. Okay. And this is how I've always defined myself. And recently... I can keep that definition of self, but what I've added in is I'm also a person that practices moderation. Mm. So I can love sweets, but I don't need to eat all the cookies at once. <laughs> she doesn't have to cookie monster. Right? But there is a certain level of self-restraint that I do have to deploy. I have to think about, would I enjoy this more later? I like I've, I found this the other day. We had cookies that were baked for Christmas, um, and I really wanted a cookie, but I had to keep saying to myself, well, you also want a cookie with a hot chocolate, so you can either have a cookie now or you can have a cookie with your hot chocolate. And I was like, you know what? I want the cookie with the hot chocolate. So I kept saying, like, telling myself how <laughs> not enjoyable. Yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. It's going to be so enjoyable when I get to have this with my hot chocolate. And I waited, and I just simply savored that moment of that cookie mm. with that hot chocolate. And I almost couldn't even finish the hot chocolate because it was just so much. But I enjoyed the crap out of it rather than needing to have two cookies now. Um, <clears throat> and so redefining that person, for me, that, that moderation was okay. I could do that. I can, I can redefine moderation. I can redefine who I am and start to act in alignment with this newer version of myself yeah. rather than redefining everything, <clears throat> right? Because if we're taking these steps, if we go back to consistency and one thing at a time and you define yourself as I'm not a person who works out or I'm a person who likes to enjoy deep fried foods or whatever is the definition that you're giving to yourself and you start to act out of alignment with that, then it's going to not stick. You're not going to want to keep taking action. So where is that middle ground? What middle ground are you willing to change? So I'm a kind of person who loves deep fried foods and I'm willing to start um, eating food out of my active fry. I'm willing to start baking my food versus frying my food. Mm -hmm. Right, I, I'm willing to find different enjoyable ways to do this to still be in alignment with myself and the flavors I like yeah. or what I want in my life. And again, 1% better, right? Changing one small thing at a time. So yeah, that, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Um, now, I did want to touch on language too because we did say that it's, you know, that self-talk self -talk. and the language, yeah. right? Yeah. So when we are talking to ourselves, like the crazy person that Kayla is, she does it out loud. I do, um, yeah. <laughs> But, but li being very mindful of the language that we use when we are talking... 
to or about ourselves and making sure that that language is as positive and uplifting as we can. Now, it doesn't have to be fake. It doesn't have to be like, I am the best at this and this and this and this. But but starting to notice the, the times that we start to use language that might disempower us, language that kind of brings us down. Um, I'm not good enough. I, I've never been good at that. I can't do this. I won't do that. Instead of the, the language with possibility where we start to I, I haven't done that in the past, but I'm willing to try. I, I'm excited at the opportunity of trying this. Whatever that looks like, where we start to put a bit of a spin on it, where you know we're excited about the opportunity. We are looking forward to the challenge that we might get out of something, right? Um, one of the biggest things uh, when we were mountain biking with our kids, my daughter was deadly afraid to fall off a cliff because she did it once. Um, <laughs> we were in Jasper. She was biking down a hill. I told her to hit me. She instead steered around me and shot off like a 15-foot cliff on her bike. So um, getting her to get excited about the possibility of how much fun she could have mountain biking instead of just this fear-based, every time I go down a hill, I'm going to crash. Because that's what she said. She said, every time I see a hill... I know I'm going to fall down and hurt myself. And I'm like, but you've proven time and time again that that doesn't happen every time, right? So instead of being afraid and instead of coming from this fear-based place where it's this bad thing is going to happen because I'm doing this thing, starting to look at it as what happens when I get excited about this? Maybe, maybe now I'm not, I'm not afraid because fear and that, that excitement, you maybe get that same little feeling in your tummy, right? So Maybe from now on when we're looking at these big hills that we're going to go down, you get excited about how fast you might get to go or how, how cool it's going to feel when you're at the bottom flying down this hill, right? Or whatever it is. Maybe you want to race your sister. But but the point is, is starting to switch that internal dialogue from doom and gloom and bad things are going to happen to excitement about the possibility of you know seeing this new adventure, experiencing something that you haven't got to experience before. Because new things scare everybody, right? When we are looking at making big changes in our lives, it can be fucking terrifying. Because you're like, all these new things. I don't know what to expect. Bad. My brain is telling me, I don't know what it is. I might die. Okay. What about instead we get excited, mm -hmm. right? I'm excited. There's a possibility here that I'm not going to live in pain anymore. There's a possibility here that I'm going to love the person that I see in the mirror every day, regardless of what that person looks like. You don't have to change exactly how you look by any means, but when you start to have that self-love, when you start to change that language on the inside, you start to see all of the amazing traits that come along with you, right? Start to focus on the good instead of focusing on maybe the not so good parts in your brain. And I mean, maybe it's finding <clears throat> that middle ground. Maybe it goes from, I can't to I'm trying or willing. I'm willing. Yeah. And from I, I'm trying and I'm willing, we move to I can and the possibility that I am going to, yeah. right? And so it's just making those slow progressive language changes because our language impacts us on a cellular level. We are 80% water and water has energy and has power and holds memory. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Dr. Emoto's water experiment, you can see the effect that language and words has on our body and on water. Um, so take a 
go take a look. Dr. Uh, Mashimari Emoto's water experiment. Check that out on uh, Google or YouTube or whatever. But there's so much power behind the words and the language that we're using, even if it's just inside our head. Um, when we're giving ourselves that self-talk, talking ourselves in and out of things, um, to building ourselves up or cutting ourselves down, mm-hmm. right? That guilt and shame that we often um, force ourselves to feel, especially around foods or not doing things or all of those other things. So really being very, very aware of the language that you're using. Yeah, love it. Okay, so let's recap. So top five tips for building results in 2023. Consistency. One thing at a time. Managing stress. (laughs) Improving sleep. Self-talk and the language we use and redefining who we are. Yeah, you step into those five points this year and... I all but guarantee you will have a wildly successful year, right? It doesn't have to be everything at once. It doesn't have to be fast. It, it, it almost never is, right? When we look at like long-term change, when we look at sustainable results, it does take longer. You're not going to see the, the scale drop 40 pounds this month, right? That's, that's not realistic. How long did it take somebody to put weight on? Okay, it's going to take some time to get it off too. How long does it take to build muscle? It takes a long damn time, right? Like, How long did it take you to have the self-talk that you have? Yeah, well, you know what? Over it, maybe it's been your entire life and maybe now is only the change where we start to make that shift and see what effect that negative self-talk has on other people long-term. I don't want to be that. So how can I begin to create that shift? Yeah. Oh, I love it. So making those changes in your life, we hope that you guys have the best year yet and that you can take these changes one time, one step at a time. And please reach out to us if you want help making these changes. Um, We have tons and tons of programs that might serve you. And starting in the new year is our Transform in 4 and it's all built around just progressive movement. Small, sustainable habits. And eating whole foods. Yes. All right, guys. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you.